All right, we are live. Welcome to the Finding Proof podcast with Mark Drager. Oh, these are the Crawley and Drager sessions. Thank you very much for coming. Centre of attention. I nearly forgot our own title. I'm doing an Evan and, and Mark now. Forget our own title. Welcome. Welcome aboard the Hogwarts Express for today. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Platform nine and three quarters mug. Oh, uh, have you go. done? Have you done your? We, we were talking offline beforehand a little bit about Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Have you done your Pottermore uh, housing? Yes. Can you yes. guess what? which house I'd be in? Uh, can I guess which? I Ravenclaw. Oh, for God's sake, no. No. <laughs> too uh, sensible. Oh, too sensible. Okay, Hufflepuff. No, Gryffindor. Of course. Are you a Gryffindor? So Everyone a wants Gryffindor. to be a Gryffindor. Yeah, no, but I am a Gryffindor. So uh, my kids are Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Yeah, my son and I, the actor and myself, we're both Gryffindors. My wife is mm. a Hufflepuff and, and is terribly embarrassed by that. But, well, she you know, shouldn't be. She shouldn't yes. be. She yeah, should be proud. Yeah, they just the short end of the stick in the, all of the books. But anyway, well, we're not. We're not. Talking, we're not here to talk about Harry Potter, I suppose. We're well. I guess not. Here, but right? you know, this is how we roll, right? We think we're going to talk about one thing, and then all of a sudden, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> which is okay too so we actually there is a bit of a theme because i'm heading back to melbourne on tuesday it's my son's it's a bit magical because it's his 11th birthday and i know deep down in his heart of hearts he's hoping for his letter from from hogwarts and i know deep down he knows it's not coming but you know there's right. still that little glimmer of hope so we're going to the cursed child the cursed child is that on in Toronto or is it on in Vancouver? I think they were launching or have launched in Canada or has it not come out yet? I I, I know that my family went down to New York to see it on Broadway. <gasps> I uh, would do that in a heartbeat. But, but mm. I think they had to go into a pool of lottery tickets to win them. And oh. this was last May. My aunt texted me and said, uh, said we've been given these tickets at, in these seats on this day with the right mm. to either buy them or not buy them. And you just have to be in New York. <laughs> you just have to get to New York. Yeah. So we've already seen it. We've already seen okay. it, but we're going, we're going again. Um, which is all very exciting. And, but this time the kids have got their robes, their proper robes that we bought at Universal Studios in Hollywood. Mm. So it's a bit, we've upped the game. We have totally upped the game. There you go. So speaking of upping games, Ooh, I nice had track. this. Yes, Professor. thank you. I, I, my segue. Uh, I wanted to get talking today about something that is a bit of an idea that I've got happening um, in the work that I do, and I know that a lot of people in business that you know use social media would probably hit this point as well. And I don't know how to proceed, so I thought maybe we would talk about this today because I'm guessing you will know how to proceed. And I'm going to pick your brain mercilessly. False confidence that I know how to proceed, right? Yeah, right. We'll just pretend that you do because that's how we roll through. So, okay. So I know that there are all sorts of um, programs and things. Good morning, darling. Um, Children are emerging after Mm -hmm. having slept in. Um, So there are programs and things that you can use. I don't know what you use. But what I'm looking at is a way of tracking across social media platforms Um, different posts, different campaigns, how they perform with a view to, because I'm big obviously on repurposing content so that it goes everywhere, Um, Mm -hmm. but with a view to being able to look back over content, over the performance of pieces of content and making use of those again in future. So it's not just a throwback Thursday or an in case you missed it kind of a thing. It's an actual strategic reuse of something that performed well at some point again in the future to reuse or reutilize the momentum Mm -hmm. that originally grew out of that piece of content. How does one do such a thing? How Mm. do you do it? Do you do it? Do you do that? So, um, how do you advise your clients to do it? How tactical or how philosophical do you want to get about this? Because I can, (laughs) I can go either way when we're looking at data analytics, insight, actioning that, well, because we were talking about Harry Potter, I want to start with the philosophical. <laughs> okay, the philosophical. So um, depending on the platform and depending on what you're releasing, so whether it's a marketing campaign, it's a social post, it's a blog post, there's a, there's a few things to keep in mind. Something could hit and land um, and you could say that was a fantastic piece and then you could try to re-release it and it doesn't hit and land and it could yeah. be attacked 
place. It could be a season. It could be how it connects with people. Um, as well, typically, if you are going to want to find, if you are going to want to find answers, you have to be releasing things, knowing the answers you are looking for. So that way, you are setting up tests or or releasing things in such a way that you're not you're not allowing outside forces to influence your decisions. So a classic example that people used to use a long time ago is should the button be red or should the button be blue? Well, let's show red buttons to half the people and blue buttons to half the people and see which one performs better. That's, that's, a, that's a logical test. But in fact, in reality, blue button or red button doesn't even matter. It, yeah. it, it, it's not even a question worth pursuing. It's not even worth setting up. It's not even worth doing that. And so when we're looking at data, there's two ways to do this. We can look at everything we've done in the past mm -hmm. and try and find these little pieces of, of what we call insight, but these, you know, I'm sure your people call them insight as well, right? These little clues, yeah. these, little, these little things that are just like, ah, there's something to that. I need to dig deeper into that and find out why that is the way it is or why it worked the way it worked. Or we're looking for patterns uh, in our stuff. But, but the, you know, you can do that, and I, I still do that. I will go to my Instagram feed, mm. and I will look back over the year at which posts led to the most engagement, and then I will see, oh, I've, you know what? I'm looking at all of these posts, and they're all photos. And then I'm scrolling down, and suddenly here are all my designed elements are all sitting in a chunk. Mm. So if all my photos have more engagement and all my design have less, well, that's, you know, something to note. It's something like, well, maybe people like photos better. Maybe they don't. Maybe photos are me. Maybe it's the moment. Maybe it's, I don't know why, but maybe they do. Um, so you can look at engagement. You can look at all these things. But, but you can look back and make these big kind of decisions. It's very hard to say like, ah, this piece of this content is something that was great and I need to extract that and leverage it. The better, the other thing to do is now that, now that we know we have this information, we can look mm -hmm. back. It's what do we want to do to look forward? What's worth our time and energy and effort? Because any answer can be uh, pursued, but whether the effort and the cost and the time of pursuing that answer will actually be worth, what do the people say? Like, is it worth the squeeze for the, for that last I don't bit? Know. Do people say that? I've never heard I think that so. I think if you're making orange juice, right, you can you can use every single you can like just get like every single yeah, gotcha. out of it, but is it really worth all that effort to get that last tiny drop out of it? Mm. So um, so philosophically, you definitely want to look at what you're doing and try to spot patterns, but but it's not scientific. Uh, it's not um, it's all very um, intentional and and it can give you a very false sense of security. It yeah, can, okay. You can literally go like, I, I've released 100 posts and eight of them have done really well. I'll have this attribute. So people must love that. But that's only eight of 100. And unless if it's like really doing a lot better, it's not enough that you would want to change everything you're doing based off of that one thing. But it's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you feel like you know more, even though you really don't. It's going to make you feel like you should be doing more of that stuff but we really don't know if that's going to help us or not. And we don't know if in the long term it's going to hurt us because so, we're being okay. focused on this little thing. So what would be – okay, I'll come on that first of all and just say I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm thinking that for me, if I'm looking at analytics and I'm looking at what posts have done well, most likely I'm going to be looking at, at topic themes, like what topic themes seem to be resonating. Is there a pattern? topic themes because for me that might tell me that my audience is interested mostly when I'm talking about x y and z topic themes so am I talking more about confidence generally or am I talking specifically about things like time management and strategies around diary management and stuff like that yes yes and no Yes, so even, no. with, even within this, so, mm. so this is where it gets, it, it, I actually love the exploration of this and it gets a bit mind boggling as we chase all these different yeah. drone adventures. But okay, so let's say that you have five different themes and you know two of them are doing better than the other ones. Mm. So we can now spend more time focusing on those two themes that are doing better. And, and we're now becoming more niche and we're now mm -hmm. appealing to our current audience. And that's great. But do we limit bringing in new people or will actually going niche help us? Cause we're now going to go, we're going to go faster into the people who are care about that, but we're not going to go as big. 
Do we want to go big and broad or do we want to be more niche? The -hmm. second thing is people consume and burn through content. And so if these two topics are of interest to someone at a certain point in their learning curve or how they love you or engage with you and now they've consumed that, they have the answers or they're frankly just getting tired of listening to you say the same thing all the time, now you will lose people because, because they've consumed the content and you're not helping to elevate them or take them deeper or further into the conversation. So yeah. I'm not suggesting that, you, that going niche is bad, but it, it is a decision we're making just, just by looking at the topics and deciding these two topics are better and I'm going to do more content on that topic. All of these side effects, all of these unintended consequences can, can start to, you know, in 12 months, in 18 months, we find ourselves, our audience changing out of the, the anticipated way we wanted to simply because now we're losing people and we're churning people over because they're like, great, I learned about those two topics. You're obviously the two yeah. topic lady. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So then, I mean, that's, that's sort of bordering on a whole nother conversation about niching and hyper niching and niche hopping. And, you know, there's lots of conversations we can have about that. Um, so for me in particular, a, a decision I made probably about a year ago was to just tweak my language so that instead of talking about private practice all the time, I talk about business and, mm-hmm. um, and I talk about entrepreneurship and business ownership. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly, in the change in doing that, um, my client base still happens to be mostly mental health professionals in terms of the conversion. So when my, my population of audience is very broad, but where that converts into mentoring clients at the moment, that's mostly mental health professionals. But, you know, I've got a, um, a new mentoring client at the moment who's not in private practice. She's not a business owner, but the concepts, the language and the concepts that we tackle in my mentoring programs absolutely apply to what she wants to change in what she's doing in an employed role. Um, and so I guess there's that, that conversation or that philosophical issue as well, well, that we all need to have a think about it, is the language we use and the, the language, not just the words, but the language we speak more broadly and how that applies from both within a hyper niche and a broad audience perspective and how universal that can be. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hearing what you're saying about being overly focused on the analytics steering you in a, in a in an incorrect direction or a limiting a limiting direction. Well, and, and the reason why I asked whether you want to start a tactical or philosophical is because mm. philosophically, I believe in data. I believe in making database decisions yeah. and trying things and testing things. But if you can't, like, you're, the goal would be to follow the scientific method of of you know having an understanding of exactly what we're testing what the objective is what we hope to prove or disprove from an outcome have as control have few variables as possible have as controlled of a benchmark or or a base as possible that you're testing against and then not allowing your bias to skew your perception of the results when you're looking back at data, you just, you just don't have that. And I've worked with so many entrepreneurs and, and so many people mm-hmm. who want to test, 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 because it feels like you're making tremendous progress or they want to dig into the data and they want to say, well, what does that mean? And how do, and this and that, but they don't ever say like, how do we know, like, how do we prove our assertion or how do we know we can trust what we're seeing? And so I if we're looking back at stuff, all I use is indicators. I don't use numbers. You know, I just use indicators. I released a a test video. We tried this video on Instagram where I'm being like, I'm being extremely silly for the first few seconds of me, you know, pretending to be someone and then I'm talking to myself and then I'm saying something else. And then I go into the rant and I know on Instagram that that video had, had more views. It had a, a longer retention so it, more people watched the video for longer and so over most of my other videos. So perfect. So the data says, Mark, you know, you've tried this test and see that I didn't niche because I'm willing to try something new. I put it up there, could have bombed. And in this case, um, you know, it was a different thumbnail shot in a different place that I'm making silly face. So maybe that break, maybe that break in standard, not that I have to make silly faces all the time, but that I just have to do something different Mm-hmm. could lead to more views. And maybe the fact that I had fun in the opening kept people around for more. 
And that's all I can assert from it. I can't actually assert that me being in that location or me standing a certain way is actually the thing that made the thumbnail work. It might just yeah. literally be that it was just a different thumbnail than the other types of thumbnails I do. Yeah, and as I long as you speak generalities like this, mm. then you're mm. safe. But when, when someone says, listen, the data says that if I do this video, it retains more people, so I'm going to do a second, and then that second one also does it, most people will go, great, I have two data points. <laughs> it, it worked twice. I'm going to make all my videos that way. And it's like, that's, that's not how, don't, don't do that. That's not, that's that's not, not how, how the world works. And I think um, touching on what you are saying before too about getting stuck in the data, um, stuck in the numbers you know going going from a you know having a history of a, as you know a research a researcher in, a, in an academic sense you know we don't do research for the sake of doing research we do research we, or we dive into the data for a reason and there needs to be an outcome it needs to be some kind of useful purpose to why mm -hmm. we're doing that um and obviously in psychology when we're talking about researching with humans um you know, you don't want to be asking people personal questions just for the hell of it. You know, you, you're, you've got a real valid and ethical reason why you're doing the research that you're doing. I think in business, there needs to be, at least this is my view, um, that there needs to be a reason why you're looking at the analytics. And if the reason is your ego or your sense of self-worth or your sense of being any good at what you do, that's the wrong reason. And I would encourage people not to look at the, the data if that's what they're taking from it. Um, but if they've got a valid and ethical, like self-ethical uh, reason for looking at the data and really diving into that and seeing what they can glean from um, a self-educational perspective, then that's a really useful thing to do. So, okay. So you love the numbers and you make da data-driven decisions. For your business or, or is this specifically for your clients or both? Uh, both. But we always, so, so here's a bit of an anecdote maybe, but we do brand okay. strategy clients. And so we, we spend a lot of time, typically two months with a client, speaking with them every single week for many, many hours. Um, so that way we can help shape for them what their brand should be. And the mid part of this strategy has us doing a ton of insight based research. So I want to not only understand who we're speaking to, mm. not even who they are, not even what they may want when they buy, but I want to actually know their preconceived notions before they even buy. Like at the yeah. moment when, when we are going to cut, be introduced to them, what do they, what do they desire? What do they love? What do they hate? All of these things. And so when I present this information to the clients, this helps us shape our target audiences and our message and our voice and our brand and everything we're going to say, because we now know what these people want. Uh, if uh, I, I'd say, I'd say 20 or 30% of the time I get pushback mm. from, from the people that we're working with. And then I have to say, listen, like if you already have made up of your mind and you want to ignore this stuff, I can prove any case that I want. If you have, if you're looking for confirmation bias, I will go find the research and the data to prove that you are in fact right. Anytime, anytime that you want me to spin numbers to prove that you're right, I can go ahead and do that. I will find those numbers for you. I will find the articles, the data points, the points of view. Don't worry about that. When I'm looking at my own numbers, when I'm talking to my team, even when we're looking at client campaigns, we need to ensure, obviously, that we're not just looking and searching for the number that fits the story that we're hoping the campaign will achieve. And, and so that is, that is the biggest part of this. You know, if you very rarely can we actually do scientific proper AB testing where we have enough volume where we have enough, uh, where there's few enough variables where we actually have a benchmark we can trust. And so everything is just, is just, um, is it better or is it worse? And is it a significant enough difference that we can trust that this is the case? Mm. Um, because people do this also with, you know, this post had a 6% and this post had an 8%. Wow. Eight is better, but it, it literally may not. Yeah. Be, not we would call that, you know, it's not a statistic. It might be statistical difference, but is it, you know, from a, you know, psychology perspective, again, we talk about the difference between a, a statistical significance, which is just pure numbers, mm -hmm. or is it a clinical difference, which means someone actually felt better. That's a, that's a, I've never heard anyone describe it that way. That's a great way to describe it because, because not only that, 
there's so much seasonality. There's so much chaos to social media or the things that we're posting. Um, there are algorithms at play. They, they look at all kinds of things that we don't even um, consider or think about. And so unless if you're releasing the two different versions of almost the same thing to almost the same people at exactly the same time, uh, you know, I see people try to test stuff where it's like, well, for one month I ran this and then for another month I ran this. doesn't matter. doesn't, doesn't matter. Different time, different yes. time, time, different seasons, different economic variables, all sorts of things. So, okay, so if someone's starting out in their business with, so they, they might have been in business for however long, that's not the mm -hmm. relevant point, but if they're starting out with their social media, um, they're ramping up their social yes. media content and they're they're really they're really trying to find their voice and find their audience and find their feet on social media um, mm -hmm. how do you suggest they go about monitoring what's working and what's not working then what's the simplest that's, that's, a, that's a great that's a great question so um, I don't know if I would even do that for maybe the first three to six months yeah because uh, here's another thing that's happened that happens it takes a tremendous amount of courage to decide to start and then you are going to start and um, you're, you might get a little bit of hate, but more often than not, people look at you and go like, I can't believe you're doing that. That's amazing. You're doing this nice new thing. And so think about the restaurant in your neighborhood that opens, right? They, they brand new restaurant. It's cool. It's fresh. There's lines out the door. Uh, you know, four, five, six weeks in the, the restaurateur thinks that they are the greatest entrepreneur in the world, that money is amazing. It's so easy to make nine months in they're bankrupt. Yeah. Right. Nobody yep. cares. anymore. It's not the hot new thing. So this happens in social media too. And so we start new things. We try new things. We do these new things and there's a buzz and there's excitement and we're nervous about it. And we're going to get this positive feedback and people are going to see that you're trying, so they're going to support you, and they're going to check out all your stuff, and they're going to comment on stuff, and they're going to say, this is great, this is great, this is great. But then like 30 days in, 45 days in, three months in, um, they're not really that interested in still supporting you. Like they know that you're doing it now. That's cool. Um, you know, they're, they're, not, they, they're not worried that now that your ego is fragile and they need to boost you up, so they're going to stop <laughs> commenting. And so we have this huge dip. We have, we have an initial shot, initial buildup, and then this, it's not even a plateau, it's a dip. And so if we are looking at data, then not only will we use that data to go like, I am amazing. I'm the restaurateur six weeks in going, I, I am the greatest chef in the world. Look at all these people here. Uh, yeah, but this dip is going to happen and you are going to slow down in growth. You might plateau. Um, you need to push through. There's all kinds of things we can do to push through and, and we all face it. Uh, all the, every single year we face these cyclical growth periods. But if you're relying on data, that the data is going to make you really, really upset. <laughs> you're yes, suddenly going to yes. say, why did my growth slow down? Why aren't my posts going through? Is the algorithm working against me? Um, have I been blacklisted? How, did they used to work and they don't work? So, so I would say for the first three months, six months, maybe, maybe even nine months, I would focus on you. I would focus on, on, on responding to every comment on ensuring that you're not getting bored of the very stuff that you're putting out of trying to get better because you know i've owned a marketing i've been in marketing for 15 years i've owned my agency for 13 years i've been doing social media seriously for a year now and i feel like only in september we got a little bit better and i feel like we still suck i have a full-time staff member a full-time salary who focuses on just producing content with me and for me and i still feel like we're not very good and so if you're I love in. your stuff. I love your stuff. And th this is what's really important from, for my audience in particular um, to hear is, you know, you're a social media, you're a marketing strategist, man. And yes. you do provide really good content, but you don't feel good enough. You know, so it, it's really important that people hear that. We all well, have those Let's developmental phases right in our growth in what we're doing it's a developmental sure. thing you know confidence is a developmental thing for sure so in in november of 2018 a year ago when i said to my friend evan to our friend evan i'm gonna fine i will do this i looked at my instagram account i had two. i wish i'd heard that conversation you know i wish i'd heard that conversation is that tony <laughs> robbins it was very late at night it was like two in the morning but uh <laughs> i had 250 followers on instagram and 
And so I said, I'm going to do this daily content. I'm going to release daily content, which I did. Uh, in January, I went to three times a day. In March, I hired someone and we're releasing all of these videos. Um, you know, our videos are way better than they used to be now. Um, so so we're, all, we're a year in of a lot of focus, a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, I think we're way better than we used to be. So the good news is we've gone from 250 to 730. Awesome. Tripled. Tripled. Yay. <laughs> 730. I, I work for every single follower. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and in that time, though, there were these eight, nine week periods where I didn't, I didn't gain any followers. I mean, they, they'd go up and they'd go down, they'd go up and they'd go down. And then we do something and suddenly they go up and we go like, why are they going up? What are we doing differently? What's happening? What's, what's going on? But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's like you can, you can spend a tremendous amount of time and love and energy and effort trying to do this. And if use the data to say, how can I get better? Don't use yeah. the data to say whether I should do this or not. That, that's really what will mess you up. Yeah, yeah, so true. So I, I see, you know, people who put out their first live stream mm-hmm. or their first video. I, I, I'm always using live stream and I, I shouldn't use that term because I don't necessarily mean it has to be live. Um, but they'll put out their first video and there'll be crickets and they'll say, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm not doing it again. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a firm believer in, in this notion that it takes at least three months for whatever you're doing to gain traction with whoever your intended audience is, whether that's marketing to, you know, business relationships or whatever it might be, uh, whether it's social media or not, you know, it takes, like, takes a chunk of time for things to get traction but it takes a big chunk of time for you to feel that you're doing a good job. And if you're nervous to start with and you don't get that external validation immediately, the temptation is to chuck it out because you're looking for an excuse to chuck it out anyway because you weren't comfortable. Yes. Um, yes. I don't know if there's none- a psychological thing because you, about this, but I, there's this thing I call like the valley and I, I've talked at Evan's event about it, but, and I talked about it a little bit just now, but basically you have these moments of excitement and, and you can't wait to do it and you do it and it's all exciting and you will find yourself, like I said, in three months or, you know, four, four weeks or six weeks or whatever it is. It can, it can even be a few weeks. You find yourself at the point where the excitement's worn off, where it's now gotten hard. People don't seem to care. Um, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's the middle of the winter in Canada and you're standing out in the rain trying to record a video because you got to make your daily video for the day. And you just go, why am I doing this? Is this even worth it? And that's like that, to me, that's like the bottom of the valley. Mm. And so we have this in, in every, like, I think we have this in relationships. We have this in work. We have this in entrepreneurship and social media and everything. The excitement wears off. You find yourself in the bottom of the valley. The, the only thing that you can do is push through or give up, right? You're going to give up. That's fine. You've given up your, 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 but you're giving up too early because if you just push through, you know, you are, I don't know, whatever you are, you are here, you hit a valley, but once you push through your next peak is slightly higher yeah. than the previous one. Yeah. And then you know that there'll be another valley. Yeah. And so, so the, so for me, the, the only thing that will, when you're in that valley is excitement. Yeah. You need to recapture excitement because the excitement or your energy level is what is what gets you up there. And so changing things up, coming up with new ideas, saying like, I'm really bored of this. I don't want to do it. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Can we chuck out that I will feel like, like I, I have a weight off my shoulders because now I don't have to do that. But you're not throwing everything away. You can just change your schedule. You can change up what you do or what you say or how you say it or your topics or we do this podcast or we don't do this podcast. Like, like as long as you're still mm-hmm. going, and not giving up on all of it, that excitement will get you to the next peak. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And what you say about being at a higher level next time is because you've actually learnt something. You've learnt mm-hmm. what it feels like to be at the peak. You can remember how, how you felt back at this stage. You, can, you, can, you know from recent experience what it feels like to be down here. When you get back up here, you're higher because you've actually been on a learning journey. And mm-hmm. so not only that, you've also had time pass where you've persisted. And so your skill level has increased as well. Oh, sure. And I think, you know, and I think it's really important that people give themselves the time and the grace to learn. Be humble. You're in a learning thing. Well, but here's the thing. To, like, you're not going to be perfect. Started, 
when you're start, small and starting, no one's going to see you anyway, right? Like, yeah, not, like not what, any no, real one's no one's going to really care. Um, you know, like by the time you're noticed, you're good. Now, when you're good and you're big and you're noticed and you screw up, that's a little bit more embarrassing. When, mm. when my, my, <laughs> my first YouTube video on my new channel, because I, I, I did a podcast before and we had another channel, but I decided to start a brand new channel. And I wanted, like to me, I was like, oh man, okay, I'm going to look back on this first video like 10 years from now and be like, look at how crappy it is. Uh, I, I, wanted to have, I wanted to pick the perfect person to have on so I could always say, you know what, Tess, you were the first person I ever had on this channel. Like I, I, I wanted to manufacture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nostalgia. So later, <laughs> so later I can, I could like yeah. leverage it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I waited and I waited and I waited too long. Like I waited like six or seven weeks. And so I was at Evan's event in Pittsburgh, and he, and he was just like, "Mark, make a video right now." And I'm like, "No, nah, about why?" You know. And he's like, "Now." So I'm like, ah. "So like my first video on the YouTube channel is me for 90 seconds at his event saying Evan told me I had to make a video." I don't really know what to talk about. I don't have anyone here. I didn't plan this, but there I did it. And it's not special at all. <laughs> I wanted to create a big PR, a PR thing I could leverage in the future. Oh, I think, you know, many, many adults around the world can relate to trying to make the first time they did something special. And ah, it doesn't work out that way. I see where you're going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, guess yes. what? My dishwasher repairman has just arrived and he's at the front door. Can you hold oh, for two seconds? Is that tied seconds? at all to, like, are you, can, I feel no, like you're it's actually real. It's for, actually real. Okay. Yeah. Hang on a second. Like, I'm going to pause the recording. Hold on. All right. So we're recording again. Um, there might be some background noise while my fabulous man who's fixing my dishwasher does what he does because I, it's very hard to live without a dishwasher. You have to actually oh, manual, okay. manually first, wash dishes. First world problems. Totally. <laughs> Totally, we have a family totally. of six four kids and there have been times where our dishwasher is not working. I think it would be scarier in your family if the washing machine broke. That's, that's my We've idea. We've had that terror. many times as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, bought a, we bought a very, uh, very high-end um, commercial washing machine, which means that when mm -hmm. they fix it, um, they can always fix it. That's the good news. I never have to buy a new one. The bad news yeah, is yeah. when they go to fix it, they got to wait six weeks for parts to come in. No, no. I saw Evan's video yesterday on Instagram about the computer repair. <laughs> I think there's a certain computer repair company in Canada that may just be reconsidering their business model right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So, so people so starting I, out, I, they, we've got that confidence dip, the growth pattern yes. that happens. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, but, but I, so, so, I mean, there's a lot of philosophical reasons why you shouldn't look at data and why it can mess you up and, and really you should, you should keep your head down, but, but then there's other times. So, okay. So you've been doing this for six months, nine months, a year, you know, and, and you go, I'm not getting any growth, right? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not actually getting any growth. I don't like nothing seems to be working. I'm, I'm feeling stagnant. Well, okay, so now's a good time to actually start digging into some data. If it's, if it's premature because things have fallen off or you're just worried about it, don't. But if you're doing it for long enough, and so for me, that happened in September when I, when I you know, I think it was after Labor Day, and, and we went through this period of, of no, maybe for two months, no, no yeah. growth in our, on our Instagram channel or YouTube. I sat down with Evan and I said, Evan, like, I'm not getting any growth. Is it me? Is it my content? Is it, is it the thumbnails? Is it all of these things that it could be, right? Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe my message isn't good enough. Maybe my writing isn't good enough for my thumbnails or my editing or my style or whatever it is. Hmm. Well, now we can start to look into some data. And so if you're, if you're looking back at your past posts um, and every channel is a little bit different with the type of insight they give you, um, yeah. But if you're looking back, then you want to look at, at a, a few different things. So um, uh, if it's like Instagram, uh, you want to look at total reach. You want to look at, but, but not just number of people who have seen it or number of people who have liked it. Those, those don't, really don't matter. The, the most important metric is uh, the number of people who weren't your subscribers who came to your page. So it gives you an insight, a little percentage, where it'll say 5% of people who saw this weren't your followers. Or, and 5% is average. 40% um, of people who saw this weren't your followers. And then you can scroll down and see, like, did it come from hashtags? Did it come from a main page? Did it come from a location? There's a really interesting little thing there because 
what you want is you want to create content and post content and use the right types of hashtags yeah. and all that stuff. But, but basically, yes, you want people who follow you to engage with it, but you want people who don't follow you to find it and then be interested enough to check out your page because then they may subscribe to you or follow you. And so if we go over to YouTube, it's kind of the same philosophy, right? Like how many people that are watching your content are, are actually like of the videos or topics who's actually watching it. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then what I look at for that is, is earned shares or earned comments or earned views. And what that tells me is someone has, someone has come to my channel and they're not a subscriber and they've actually watched a few other things. So, so like Instagram, right? We want this person to love the post, so find the post and love the post so much that they're willing to check me out on YouTube. Yep. They've seen a video and they like the video so much they're willing to check out other videos. Yep. Of course I want more hits and I want more views and I want longer watch times and I want more subscribers. But, but what I use as the main indicator when I'm looking at stuff, because again, there's all these different variables is just, did, did this post or this series of posts or this video lead more people to want to check me out? Yeah. And then if it did, I try to look for, again, commonalities um, yep. in terms of what I'm trying to see, why might that be? Thank you. Is that your You're coffee? You're a magician. Look what broke my dishwasher. Thanks so much. Is that it? A button? Thanks so much. You too. Bye. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Looks like... Maybe you just pulled that out of the filter? And it just, yeah, it blocked up a pipe. There you it's go. a washer. It's it a washer. Like it, it's curved. So maybe it's come off oh. the lid of a pot or something. I don't know. There you go. Magic. Huh. Well, there you go. There you go. There you go. Done. The best $700 you ever spent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the bill yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be the magic bit. <laughs> there you go. Oh, gosh. So I want to get back to, you know, we're talking about the different platforms. So yeah. a lot of people are starting out, myself included. So at the moment I don't have a team. I've got one VA based in the Philippines who helps me fantastic help that she mm -hmm. provides, making sure that I get a lot of stuff out regularly every day. Um, it's all content that I create and she just coordinates its dissemination and make sure it goes everywhere. Um, at the moment, all my video stuff goes to Facebook first and yep. then it goes to Instagram TV and, and YouTube. Yep. Um, so at the moment, I'm not creating content specific to any specific platform. And that's... What's your philosophy? Yeah? Well, I was sorry. I have a, hab a terrible habit of interrupting. I love being interrupted. It's fine. Go. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, let me cut you off. Uh, so <laughs> that's a great place to start. Yeah. Um, because it is, it is overwhelming to create different content for every single different platform. I would recommend you start with the one that you're most in love with because otherwise it becomes a chore. So if you love Facebook, if you love the people, if you love what it allows you to do and, and, the, and the page and all of that stuff, um, I despise Facebook. I, you know, we use it as, a, really? as an advertising platform. Uh, over a year ago, I deleted it from my phone and I now only use it for messenger and one, very once in a while I will check in. Um, but Personally, I really like LinkedIn and I always have because I'm, I'm square and I'm boring and I like knowing what people are doing. Um, <laughs> I like Instagram a lot um, and uh, YouTube is a really interesting platform, but, but I like Instagram. I like LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't like Facebook. YouTube is okay and I hate Twitter. So, yeah, right. so I've tried four times to get into Twitter and I just, I, I just, I don't have, I don't have, I don't. I just don't have it. I don't like it. I don't, all this back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But other people love Twitter. So find yeah. the platform that you are in love with and feel most comfortable in and focus on creating content that works there first. Before mm -hmm. you try to spread all of your, before you take your garbage and spread it everywhere, create it for that one thing. Now, for, for, for what I did when I started was, was I said, okay, my goal is to create long videos for YouTube and I'll put them on Instagram and then I'll take the best ones that perform on Instagram and I'll put them on LinkedIn because you know, YouTube is people who are looking for knowledge. Instagram yeah. is people who care what I have to say maybe. And LinkedIn are people I know who, you know, and I'm only taking the best stuff. Oh, I like that. I like that. 
it, Can you it say didn't that work. Again? It didn't work. YouTube, YouTube is not for people who's, who are looking, but YouTube are people who are looking for content. Cause people, are, people are using YouTube like they use Google now, right? Yeah. They're, they're yeah, searching they have, for yes. information. Yes. Or they're building a feed of, of channels and, and content that they want to watch because they like it. But before yeah, they true. can like you, before they can say, I want to listen to this all day, every day, they're, they're most likely looking for something or Google is recommending. Google is recommending you should watch this based on best things. Mm. I, I have this test, right? Like, yeah, I have this <clears> test. <throat> if you're going to get on the train tonight to commute home. It's morning there. You're on the morning train or you're in your car. Do you really want to listen? Like, would you even listen to your own content? Is it entertaining? Mm. Is it mm. Interesting, because if it's only knowledgeable, then people will only consume it when they're hungry for that knowledge. They're not going to become subscribers. They're not going to become fans. They're not going to listen to you for the next few years because they only want answers and they'll come to you for answers. And then, and then you ask yourself, which platform bring me answers? But if you, want, if you want a following of people who listen to you week after week after week after week, it has to be entertaining. In, in yeah. some way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is where I will often say to my mentoring clients, you know, don't, don't look at how confident I am in front of a camera and negatively compare yourself against that. It's taken me years, A, to feel confident and comfortable on social media, full stop, but I have an acting background. Like I come from an unfair advantage, you know, and I have a lecturing background. You know, put me in a, in a lecture theatre with 400, 600 students, I'm in heaven. So, you know, I come from an unfair advantage from that perspective. So it is about building up your confidence as well. I mean, and, and you must be, once you get your confidence there, even before your confidence is there, I think be okay with being you. Be okay with being, you know, if you fluff your words, who cares? If you say something that might be slightly inappropriate or, you, or a swear word pops out, who cares? Just be you. Um, because that's your point of difference. I want, I, yes, I couldn't agree more with you at all. <laughs> and then the but, entertainment factor will follow. The entertainment factor then follows. Yes, but but the, the so I want you to take a card, cold card, look, hold, cold hard look at yourself yeah. and your content. Because if you yeah. won't, if you won't listen to your own stuff, um, then I don't know why others would. But but let's let's put that aside. If you wouldn't subscribe to your stuff and give people a reason to come back week after week after week after week after week, then you're not creating content that is something that people will want to follow and come to a lot. They will look for you. They will want to find you. So on YouTube, you know, people are looking for content or it's being suggested to them. And if it's good enough and entertaining enough and interesting enough, they will subscribe and come back time yeah. again. So that's yeah. Then I was taking that content and putting it on Instagram and supplementing it with other things, photos and, and, and other things. But I was taking just YouTube and putting it here. And then whatever popped the most out of YouTube or out of Instagram, I would take the best two each week of any content and simply put it onto LinkedIn. Because I had the data here to say, well, that one did really well. I'm yep. going to put it here. It was okay. It was okay. But, but the reality is YouTube content and the way people consume it, is different than Instagram. Like Instagram, people are looking for something different. They want something shorter, they want something snappier and punchier and tailored and, and they, they want to feel good or be inspired or see something that they love. That's Instagram. So yeah, we did this from, from January all the way to September. And then that's when I went team guys, I know this is now going to double our work, but we got to create different videos now. Now we got to do YouTube videos and separate cuts for Instagram. And for LinkedIn, I still take the best. I try to post three to four times a week and I just take mm -hmm. the best of whatever's popping. But right now we're creating two different streams of content. But if I were to go to LinkedIn, or sorry, if I were to go to Twitter, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't use any of my YouTube videos. It's too long. I wouldn't use um, even my Instagram videos. They're too fun. I would probably maybe use, um, I probably create separate content specifically for that channel. That's more immediate or news based or more of the moment. Um, and then if I was going to Facebook, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just take all of it and dump it there and see what worked. <laughs> you really do think that Facebook's rubbish. It's the dumping ground. Is it? Well, I mean, you have to, 
So, so t- take it with a grain of salt. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, that's Facebook okay. Is, I, I'm not, Facebook I'm not is for is for women. <laughs> Facebook is for women, uh, forty to sixty-five at this point. Is it really? Is that the is that the data oh, yeah. point? Yeah. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Like for the last yeah. three years, when we're running campaigns, YouTube it's is older. I know it's gotten older. Yeah. YouTube is predominantly male. Facebook yeah. is is very <laughs> predominantly female. I mean, there's still men there, but it's predominantly yeah, female. Yeah, yeah. Um, the younger generation went to Instagram, and we'll see what's happening with TikTok. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I'm curious about yeah. TikTok. Yeah. And then Twitter is Twitter. I don't. I don't know which way it skews. I think it skews older. But yeah, I think uh, so too. Yeah. News based and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it is interesting. I think this is an important point for people to think about: is knowing the audience that they're reaching with the platform that they're using, and this is why it's important to. I don't know, at the very least, I think, at the very least, while you're starting out, you know, cross-posting across platforms so that you can find your audience. And if you don't, yes, start with the one you're comfortable with. So if it's Facebook, fine, go with Facebook. If it's LinkedIn, go with LinkedIn, whatever it might be that you're most comfortable with, go with that. But don't be afraid, I think, anyway, don't be afraid to cross-post across all the platforms and just keep an eye. So if someone's wanting to compare platforms, and see where their content is finding a home, mm-hmm. um, how would you recommend they do that? So obviously with all the platforms, you can look at the insights and look at how your content is performing within platform. But mm-hmm. if people want to compare across platforms, what's the best way to do that? Uh, I mean, the, the best way would be to set up everything to try and have, ev- like would be to a click, right? So if you had a website or a, uh, a microsite or a reason that people would leave the platform and then click, that would be a good metric to say, well, you know, YouTube brings me 40% of my traffic, but all these other ones put together only bring me 20% of my traffic. I must get a lot of traffic from YouTube. But if, mm. but again, if that's not your goal, then, yeah. then that doesn't really help you. And that might just be, that might just be the way that the platform works. It may not actually be an indicator yeah. that your content is finding a home or better or not. So when you're looking at the platforms, I consider each platform its own country or culture, right? I, you know, it's, it's a different country or culture. You, you have to, you, you would never, you know, go into Italy and act the way that you would in America. It's just different people, different culture, different acceptance of, of what you do or don't do. And so, um, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the cross pollination of just taking the piece of content and going, here you go, everyone, um, without at least tailoring it or tweaking it or changing it in such a way. And so I would rather be on fewer platforms, giving great experiences, even if it's one, two or three platforms than going everywhere, um, and being mediocre. But then my one word is extraordinary and I never feel good enough. And, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So I think, you know, I mean, talking about my strategy at the moment, it's um, so I've gone from, you know, drowning and trying to do it all myself to having a VA who's now helping me. So we've now got, um, you know, static image posts with a quote that comes from my content. The quotes come from my content. So they're me quotes uh, with an image that goes everywhere. So at the moment we're doing the cross pollination going everywhere because I do have a following on each of the platforms to a degree i tripled my numbers on youtube uh since working with evan you went from 57 to 150 something there you go <laughs> i mean i've grown a lot since i've grown a lot since july as well but then i put i put yeah, spend yeah, yeah. behind my i put spend behind my videos so yeah. i mean that's the other thing is like if you want to yeah. if you want to grow and and then you would definitely start to use data a little bit more um a lot of these platforms, it's still pretty cost effective. I only spend yeah. $500 a month on my yep. YouTube channel to not to just get views. I don't care about no. views, no. but I want more people to be introduced to my content. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I know, I know that, you know, I run all of these different ads and I mm-hmm. try these different calls to action and I see what works based on subscribers or earned, yep. earned views. Yep. And then I know, by doing the math that it cost me $9 yeah. to get a subscriber right now. So then the question yeah, becomes, which isn't, am I willing which isn't to bad. spend $9 for a subscriber that I'm not going to make any money off of or not? <laughs> well, the making of the money is the question because I think that, and this is where, you know, knowing the reason why you're doing what you're doing is really, really, really important. So, you know, I have the same agent in New York as Evan and uh, a conversation that we have regularly is about numbers and what they mean in terms of 
followers versus conversion. So uh, my numbers are really steady. They're growing. They keep continue to grow on Facebook. I continue to get new followers on um, Instagram, but at the same time I'm losing followers on Instagram. So with me, mm-hmm. Instagram, I've got roughly 7,000 followers, but, you know, I did dabble with a follow-back service. And mm. that's what grew my numbers from 450 up to mm. seven and a half thousand. Um, and once I had a better understanding of what followback services did, so I actually didn't understand that they stopped um, following the people that they'd followed. Um, and I started getting messages from people going, what's that about? Or, yeah. you know, they knew not more about what, what was going on yeah, than yeah. I didn't. They were educating did me, me like, about the me ethics. Last Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Last Christmas, you followed yeah. me and I sent you a note and I said, wow, because I didn't know who you were. But I said, wow. I said something like a Tasmanian forensic psychologist or something. I'm like, cool. And we texted back and forth. And then I, I felt, so you and Evan started doing something. I was like, oh, I'm going to send you a message. And I couldn't because you unfollowed me, Tess. I follow you now. Willingly, okay. consciously. Wow. But I've gotten better. I've also gotten better. So I may, have, I may have just lost you along I, the way. I know. The same, happened, the same happened to, I think it was Evan's sister. And uh, Evan was with his sister. And um, she, I don't know, something happened. And he, she, yeah, it was, oh, yeah, he was making fun of me with this auto message that went out, Dear Evan Carmichael. Yes. <laughs> anyway, the point of the story is once I realised what the actual follow-back service was doing, I stopped it. I didn't like the ethics behind um, following somebody and them getting excited about that Yes. and then unfollowing. Uh, I didn't yes. like it, so I stopped that. Now, what I've been observing is the natural attrition that comes with when you've got a falsely inflated number of followers. Um, mm-hmm. Over time, they're going to not be they're not really interested in your content because they're not your natural audience. So it's been an interesting mindset juggle and something I talk a lot about with my um, mentoring clients too around um, that little ego ping that you get when, when you're noticing numbers going down and the little ego ping that you get when you're noticing new followers coming in and you're just watching this seesaw of numbers, whether they're going up or whether they're going down across the board. Now I think, from seven and a half thousand, which was the peak that it got to when I stopped the service, and I stopped the service quite some time ago, it's down to just under seven thousand now, which I think is not bad. You know, to only mm-hmm. have lost about five hundred people is actually pretty good. Uh, yes. I expect those numbers to still go down overall, while that chunk of the human population decides whether or not I'm worth their time in their feed, and that's a good thing because I only want, you know, followers that are there consciously willingly enthusiastically you know that's exciting to me not not numbers for numbers sake it's really important to understand that so for while people are you know finding out where their content sits i've got you know different differing numbers of followers on all the platforms so i do put stuff everywhere because i haven't quite yet figured out what kind of content i specifically want to add to each platform and i don't have the team around me to support me in creating additional content yet but my strategy going forward is to actually bring those sorts of people on board. Mm-hmm. So I'll have, um, once I'm settled in Melbourne, the plan is to have um, a videographer that I'll have a relationship with mm-hmm. um, and, and a sound studio that I might have a relationship with for, for editing of the podcast <laughs> and things like that. You know, so those things are on my plan. This is the long-term planning. And so I'm always talking to people about, you know, having that longer term vision while, while you're stuck in the today of, the spin cycle of getting all the things done thinking about well what's going to happen when I've got more time how could it look if I had more time so what's my strategy going forward so people um some people are talking at the moment I'm hearing conversations about dashboards and you know programs and apps and whatever that can compare all the things so you can see things at a glance you don't use that sort of thing no no I'm I'm like I'm 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 really not that savvy when it comes to those things. Mostly, uh, if there, if there's a service where all you have to do is just drop these things in and it, like I know Evan uses TubeBuddy. You have to have a certain amount of things. He gleans a lot of insight from it. He also uses the analytics and he's learned the platform. That's the thing. Uh, the, you can be an amazing guitar player. All you need to do is learn guitar and sit down and practice it all the time. Yeah. You you want to be you want to have all of this data and all of this insight and everything fantastic you can you can literally learn it or you can you can um, 
set, sign up for these software services and they will give you everything, but they don't tell you what to do. They don't tell you how to action it. They don't tell you what it means. They don't tell you what to do with this information. And now you have more information. How do you know what information to trust or not trust? Maybe the best platforms will have an algorithm that will tell you why you should trust what you can trust, but they won't tell you what to do with the information. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the number one value we drive to our clients as a, as a strategic marketing agency is all of this data sitting there. We will get the data for you. We will scrub and clean the data. We will tell you what it means and what you should do about it. That's the only reason to pay us because you don't know what to do with it. Anyone can make a video. Anyone can create a website. Anyone can do that stuff. But who's going to tell you what to focus on, why it matters, and what we should do about it to grow your business? The same thing with these platforms. Yeah, yeah. It'll give you all the data. I don't, I don't know if it'll That help. idea of, you know, why, why gather the data if you don't know how to use it or what it means. But, but for those who want to get serious and, mm. and love a platform, a platform maybe, and dig into it and, and they really want to learn it because they like it, because mm. they want to learn it, because they want to get better and all those things, it's, it is transformative. It is amazing. You will very quickly, in the matter of weeks or months, know more than the vast majority of the people who are on the platform. Um, it, it, you can learn it that quickly if, if, you're, if you're interested or passionate mm. about it. Um, you can get very, very good at these things. But, but not if it's um, a hobby and not if it's uh, mm. uh, something you're doing on top of everything else that you're responsible for in your business. Um, I would focus first. You know what it is? I was, at, I was at a HubSpot conference and I was listening to someone speak about advanced strategies on LinkedIn. And he ended with the most interesting slide, I thought. Um, I wish I knew, his, I wish I remembered his name, Brian, Brian Wilkinson or something. But he basically said, hey, you know, everyone wants to test everything. Yep. Here's, here's what we found from pulling all the data. If we test, uh, if we test ad copy, if we test the, the writing, the text, we yep. may be able to see you know, a 5 to 10% increase. And if we test the page that we um, send the person to in the ad, we might be able to see like a 20 to 30% increase. And if we play with campaign structures and budgets and target audiences and stuff, we can see like a 100% increase. But if we sit down with the sales team and explain to them and teach them how to handle these leads, we can see a 2000% increase in sales. Hmm. So the data, like we want to, we want to test the copy and we want to test the landing page and we want to test, but literally the answer is like sit down with the sales team and teach them how to be better at their job. It'll see the biggest increase hmm. as social media people. Let's get better at being on camera or writing posts or taking photos. Let's get better at it and we will see the biggest increase. Let's not get caught up in all of the little data and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do agree. I do agree. I think it is about, you know, that's the first point, isn't it? The first point is do it. Just do it. You know, just do the stuff and get better at it and be okay with being yourself. Be okay with even ignoring the numbers. I love that face that Instagram's sort of taken away the likes. I love that. I hope Facebook does the same thing. I hope that, you know, people just do it because they're passionate about doing it and then they get better at it over time. Well, I mean, you can still see your likes, right? Like we lost Canada. I don't know about Australia, but Canada was the first market to lose its likes back in June. Mm -hmm. uh, the world yeah. didn't fall down. It's not a big deal. Uh, but I can still see my likes. So I still get yeah. the emotional rush. I still, I still yeah. fall victim. I just can't see that you're way better than me anymore. That's it. Yeah. So the comparative thing. Because you have 10 times more subscribers. <laughs> yeah, but, but how many of them are real? In terms, I know they're real accounts. I know they're real people. But, you know, give it another 12 months. How many of those subscribers that came through the follow-back service, how many of those will still be there? So I don't take that for granted. I, and if anything, I guess that pushes me to be more active on Instagram. So I've actually, um, I feel that I've become more engaged with Instagram. I feel like I'm getting Instagram a bit better now. I'm really enjoying playing around with stories most days. I haven't, I've been a bit distracted this week, but you know, most days I've been really enjoying playing around with Instagram stories and learning that platform as well as what's on my profile on Instagram. And they are different. The content is different now, whereas it used mm -hmm. to not be. Um, you know, so watching those numbers and watching that juggle, knowing that there's a good chunk of those people that didn't come there because they were so excited by my content. 
the battle for me now is to prove my value and my worth to them. So they stay. Mm. Sounds like you have something to prove. Oh, do I? <laughs> nice segue into your podcast. <laughs> so go ahead and Google something to prove podcast with Mark Drager and Evan Carmichael. Come on over. You absolutely and should. You absolutely should. It is so good. I love it. I love it. Oh, I usually, I get the, I get the YouTube notifications to email. Mm-hmm. And so I, ah, am I doing YouTube you a ones, disservice? YouTube ones aren't as good. The audio How ones, it, the audio versions are better of our, of our podcast. I was going to say, cause I only listen to it. I, I would be busy doing something and I've got, Oh, you listen. Okay. So you subscribe on Apple or something. No, I'm, I'm listening to the YouTube videos. Do I need, mm-hmm. I need to. Okay. So just so okay. you know, there's, there's every week on the, so we have an audio version that goes yeah. to Apple podcast and Google, Google play and stitch and, and okay. SoundCloud. We release two mm-hmm. episodes a week on that platform, but oh, and you it, see, I'm totally missing out. And they come out earlier. They come out five days earlier because I do the audio. I'm in charge of the audio. That's, that's okay. my Mark Drager platform, but Evan yeah. gets the video feed and his team cuts stuff out, makes it shorter and they release it many, many days after us. So you, you don't even get, there you go. You don't even get all the banters and stuff that, that, cause I add all of this extra context and fun and behind the scenes. And we have a bonus episode every, every week as well that goes out. Oh, look, I was already subscribed. Oh, perfect. Just so you know, I, uh, I think I think two podcasts ago that went up, you were mentioned because it's like, it's something like, and for some reason, Dr. Tess shows up. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was hilarious, right? So, um, and I've been talking all week about, <laughs> since I heard the episode because I listened to it. Uh, and uh, Evan. Oh, you listen? Of, did you listen to it? I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah, yeah. Oh, but you listen on the YouTube. I don't, I don't YouTube. know. YouTube. I have to go. I might have to go back. I might have to. At go the back. end, towards yeah. the end of, <laughs> did you hear when I said you looked really sleepy or no? No, I didn't. And ah. I, but I did. I looked at the video and I looked really sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. My go, face is all puffy because it was so early in the morning. We're finishing up, and I go, I go. <sighs> Evan's like, wow, I've never had anyone come in. I was like, Tess looked really sleepy, and then he's and he's like, yeah, but you know. She just woke up and stuff. I said, but still, she was getting on a video podcast. So sleepy. And then he got mad at me. Be comfortable being yourself. I know. I I spend those early morning podcasts with Evan half the time looking like this. Yeah. (laughs) Because my eyes aren't working properly. Well, right now I'm I'm looking like that. I'm like two and a half hours away from bedtime. So I'm already starting to feel like this. Like that. Yeah, but you're at the opposite end of the day. So you still got energy. Um, So I have rediscovered... um, the freedom and flexibility that comes with um, plunger coffee. So that is going to help me with the early morning podcasts with Evan. Although now that we're 16 hours difference, I've finally got my head around it. It's not so early. So that won't be so harsh. 16? I thought it's 14. Oh, something teen. Well, it's 10 a.m. It's, it's 10 a.m. here. It's and it's 6 p.m. here. Yeah, that's 16 hours. Is it? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous difference o'clock. But I usually start my days at 6 a.m. with a meeting most days. So, mm. you know. I start my days with a 5.30 uh, workout session. You so do, you do. You're very good with that. You're very good with that. Okay. All is right, this, we've did, covered some really awesome ground. Did this help you? This has helped me. Um, and I'm really, I'm really excited about how this is going to help a lot of people because I think people get so stuck in what to pay attention to and whether or not to pay attention to it. And I think, you know, I take away from this for my clients at the early stages of their social media work to not pay too much attention to the analytics, unless it's money that they've paid into ads, of course. But at mm-hmm. this early stage, just just do it. Just do the work. Keep, keep pushing forward. Ignore that dip. Keep pushing through the dip and, and build your skill and your confidence over time. Worry about the analytics later when you've got a track yes. record and then go from there did i summarize that really well i think i most, did most excellent i was listening with all my ears as i say to my children are you listening with all your ears <laughs> you're more patient than i am i go look at me <laughs> look look at me and they're like they're like this yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah 
yeah yeah yeah yeah exactly i get the i get the one one headphone slightly off my wife still not really listening hates that because i'll be yeah i'll do this and i'll be like yeah, yeah. and i'll be like what i can't hear you because yeah, still exactly stuff. yeah yeah it's still, yeah exactly exactly that's the bane of my existence all righty so uh thank you that was fabulous i'm really excited by what people are going to take from that conversation really helpful really practical so thank you for that i'm going to cease the recording on the podcast for now i think mm-hmm. we've done a great job of being the center of attention <laughs> Yeah, we won. I mean, we, we, got won. It, we got we won. decide at the end of each podcast. Did we win or not? I think we won. We won. Let's let's we call won. it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think our, our listeners won too, because this will help them become the center of attention for their mm. own. Stuff. I like that. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which website should people check out for you? Well, uh, the best way to connect with me is probably on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, for now, for now, you can find me if you just Google my name, Mark Drager. I guess Google, if you search my name on Instagram or I'm life at Fanta for now, but I may, yeah. be, move, I may be moving my channel over because as Mr. Carmichael told me I should. <laughs> so, I do okay. whatever people tell me to do. Well, I think when it comes to Evan Carmichael and if he's listening later, I will stand by this statement. It's just easier. <laughs> yes. Life is easier. Yeah, if he really cares about it, it's just easier just to listen to him because he won't let it go. And if no. he doesn't really care about it, I'll be like, no. And he'll be like, fine, whatever. I don't care. And he'll have forgotten the conversation next time you speak anyway. So that's fine. Yes. Yeah. All righty. I'm going to stop the recording now. Loving you and leaving you, podcast audience, because you rock. <laughs> <laughs>